Okay. All right. Uh, anything else before we start? No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. happy to. I'm happy is, to do do anything. Is the thing I'm not cheap, but I'm easy. The thing is going. Um, I can't be bought, but I can be rented. <laughs> I can be rented for sure. <laughs> uh, Jr. So Jr. Yeah. I I know you, you are a longtime listener of this podcast, but oh, yeah. you've you've only been a participant like this, and we're pleased to have you again uh, repeatedly. But you've only been a participant for uh, you know a better well, approximately a year now. So oh, you missed out. So you yeah. missed out on some of the some of the classic conversations that we've had on this podcast over the years. And I want to give you an opportunity, Jr. To weigh in on one of the really pressing questions from the okay. from the history of um and that is where do you come down on the subject of circular runways okay okay circular uh, runways okay. oh so oh man you could have gone the rest of the year yeah without using those two words well no jeb i'm sorry jeb you're the one that pointed us to an existence proof of this whole thing right that's what i'm getting at here okay. that was ages ago no I don't know what you're talking about. I'm talking about the first item on the list here. Uh, pilot makes emergency landing on a highway. This is a video that you called our attention to. Um, shows a pilot. Uh, okay. uh, shows camera, you know, footage from a, a camera mounted on on an aircraft that is um, experiencing an engine failure, apparently, right. Um, right. and is yes. uh, uh, approaching and making a, uh, a successful, although a little scary, occasionally um, landing on a highway. As the highway curved, okay. Right. As so, he landed on a curve. It worked just fine. Everything was hunky dory. All right, Jr. We went through this a bunch of years ago. Uh, there was oh, a, there was there was there were people who were promoting the idea that a good way to build an airport would be instead of having multiple straight runways, you have one runway which makes a complete circle, and then and then you just. You just calculate where you should touch down and where you should lift off to mm-hmm. get whatever wind you need. All right, and, so, and this 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 circular runway is banked like a race course. Uh, yeah, right. oh, right. Yeah. So so you know, boy, this is this is an interesting question. And and before I answer it, I want to point out I have been a participant in this podcast for many years, all the way going back to a few times I was invited to be on the uh, on the deck. Um, in the old uh, at Oshkosh from time to time. Uh-huh. So, yes, okay, so, uh, you're absolutely yeah, right. I stand right. corrected. It was a okay. little bit different, but I but I stand corrected. Yes, okay. Now, um, now, to, to answer your circular question, um, my students have a hard enough time getting the airplane to go straight, <laughs> <laughs> right? So, so th- this idea that well, maybe what we'll do is make all the runways round, and every every landing will be a crosswind landing. I I love and, and because. As a flight instructor, I bill by the hour, and <laughs> I can charge way more money trying to teach the student to land on a round runway than on a straight one. So that's my official position. Uh, but remember that back in the olden days, all of the runway the, the runways weren't even paved, and you always just pointed your nose into the wind and you gave it full throttle and 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 prayed for the best. So that so that's my right. that's my alternate answer. Yeah, no, I know. of course, yeah, yeah. So you're right. You're, I, 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 you're absolutely right. Runways once upon a time, quote unquote, runways were square, um, and uh, yeah, they were just a great big patch of airfields. Yes, Air they fields. were literally a field, and uh, yeah, and you just took off whatever direction you needed to take off. Um, but that's the beauty of the, that's so the the circular runway 
is the best of both worlds, all right? Because you can find the spot on the runway where the wind is proper for you, and that's where you you either start your takeoff roll there or you time your takeoff roll so that at the point where you're going to rotate, you're going right into the wind. This is yeah. just basic arithmetic, all right? No, no, Geom- good. It's geometry. How, how how do you yeah. describe that to the other pilots who also might want to be using the runway at the same time? Uh, you oh you, you cleared the land runway to <coughs> go on without me. Yeah, um, Jeb. Well, Jeb is, uh, is strangling, um, and uh, uh, so uh, I, now I forgot. The, now I've lost the flick here. All right. So um, how well, do you, you describe clear, it? You clear a yeah. run, run, runway zero. Yeah. Well, maybe you just give them a heading. I mean, you say say land from land from this. You know, first of all, you vectors to the approach, and and then and then you just say you know, and you you know, you're going to land either to the to the right hand half of the circle or the left hand half of the circle, um, at whatever tangent point you are aiming for from where ATC set you up. See? Oh, I, I love that. This is this is magic. I would make yeah, so that's much what money I'm doing saying. this. <laughs> <laughs> tangent, tangent. Oh, good. Yeah, <laughs> now we have the yeah. pilot swing math too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And can yeah, we use the not merely math the geometry? Yeah. <laughs> can we use the other part of the runway as a taxi area so that you can taxi? You you can use the the other round part of the runway to taxi out and then well, you take off. I think it's probably going to be like like uh, multi lane roundabouts now, where there's an inner circle and an oh outer circle, and uh, yeah, right. So I was I was in England, and there was a roundabout which had a roundabout in the roundabout. Yeah, it 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 it, it will blow your mind. And where what part of the roundabout you're in, I still have never figured out to this day. Mm-hmm. Now, when you say a roundabout inside a roundabout, it was is it more than just a two lane roundabout? Was there? Like... Yes, yes, it had its. Oh, it, okay. it, the, Each roundabout had its own roundabout. And I don't know really? how many this one. Yeah, it was, really? it was <clears throat> only something JR. English could describe. J- yeah. JR, have you ever been to Washington, D.C.? Never. And I and I want to go, but I've never been. Okay, okay. I'm just curious. They, we you used to work there, right? Yeah, I used to live there. Um, we call them traffic circles. Yes. And they had, you know, inner rings and outer rings. And, and you know, there would be like four... Um, lanes going around the circle, and it'll be a median in the yeah. in between two of them. Then you'd have gaps, so you could swerve from the inner circle to the outer circle yeah, and go back. And, and it, it was it was special. Yeah, yeah right. Was, well, what I was describing actually is a roundabout that actually has its own roundabout. So it's sort of almost like a you know four leaf clover kind of thing where you, and, yeah, yes, exactly. As long as no one ever stopped moving and and everyone was going somewhere. Yeah. So yeah. the big thing these days with, so I grew up in greater Boston. I learned to drive in greater Boston and my understanding, um, I, of course I had a, well, wait, wait a second before you go down this path. Yeah. Are we going to talk about airplanes at any point? Probably not. It look like it so far. Okay, I just I just wanted to clarify. <laughs> um, so uh, I learned to drive here um, uh, when I was a young driver. Um, a very popular traffic construct here was what we at the time called a rotary. Okay, uh, a rotary is not what is now called a roundabout. It's basically a traffic circle. All right, um, but rotary and and um, rotaries back then were simple things. They usually had four, you know, four. You know, cardinal points you know for 90 degrees off entering the thing um a single lane in the rotary itself um and you just one of the things you learned was how to time your entry into this and who and you learned what the right of way rules were and it and it worked just fine um everyone hated them but i just thought they were perfectly fine um new, and and new england eventually got rid of all its rotaries because they had such a bad <laughs> reputation and now in the last 20 years or so rotaries are making i mean now in the form of roundabouts are taking making this huge 
comeback. You see them everywhere. But here's my thing about, about modern day roundabouts is that they all have multiple lanes now. They're all dual lane. All right. And I think this is wildly dangerous. I don't understand why more people aren't dying on the roads of these things. Um, because they want you. To... You're right. Let's talk about airplanes. No, no, uh, wait, wait. I, no, I got an answer. I got yeah. an answer. What's your answer? The reason people aren't dying is the same reason that the FAA wants you to enter the traffic pattern on the 45 degrees to the downwind leg because okay. all the people are moving in the same direction at a reasonably close speed and there's lots of time to see the other car or aircraft in this case coming and for you to avoid it all right, well, wrapped up with a bow date, Jack. Yeah, yeah, it makes a little bit of sense, I suppose. It makes a little bit of sense. I'll, I'll just—I'm going to move on here, but I'm going to—I just need to make my my real. I'm, I'm kind of so round airport. I'm having some fun here. My dislike of of multi lane roundabouts is genuine, um, because it puts you in a situation where you're supposed to exit the roundabout from the inner lane, all right, which is basically making a right turn from the left lane, which is like driver's ed 101. You don't do that. I, I, right? I reject the premise. What? Um, no, the inner lane is used uh, to, to go straight through. So I looked it up, all right, here in New Hampshire, because I was trying to figure out there must be, the, 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 whether it's a good idea or not, they must have some, you know, best practice for how you use these multiple lane. Um, and so the answer is, at least according to the documentation I've seen up here in New England, is that as you're as you're approaching this multiple lane, and there's two lanes going in at every point too, all right? Right. And the answer is, if you're going to exit the first exit exit of the rotary or the second exit, then you're supposed to stay it to the outer lane. Right. But if you're going at least three around, three quarters of a round, you're supposed to enter and immediately go into the inner circle and then stay in the inner circle until you exit at that point. You literally cut across the outer lane. It's crazy. They're yelling okay. at us now. Okay. Uh, well, yeah. the, and the answer to how you're going to uh, assign the landing directions at a circular airport is you put dots around it. Dot, you know, red dot, green dot, yellow dot, whatever, like uh, they do at Oshkosh. I'm coming on the red yellow dot. Oh, That's yeah. genius, Jeb. You're absolutely right. I I knew you'd come around to my way of thinking on this eventually, Jeb. No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not suggesting that we actually do that. I'm just suggesting that would be a way to do it. I'm going to make so much money on this. I, let's let, let's convince the FAA to do it. <laughs> Welcome, folks, to Uncontrolled Airspace, the General Aviation Podcast. Uh, sort of. It's other things this, this, these days, too. But it's mostly general aviation. Uh, I'm Jack Hodgson, coming to you from hot and humid uh, banks of the Cochico River here in uh, Dover, New Hampshire, where it's uh, it's very nice out and sunny and bright and pleasant. But, boy, it's hot and humid. We've moved into that time of year. Um, and uh, <laughs> what's so funny? Oh, yeah, okay. Well, uh, you know, it's a different style. It's a, you know, you, you, I, I I think you're laughing, Jeb, because that's par for the course down there all summer yes. long, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. So, uh, anyways, so it's it's hot and humid, and I'm sitting here. I don't know if people can hear my fan is on in the background. Um, it only just in the last couple of days turned hot and humid, so I have not put the window air conditioner in yet. So I haven't got that working for me, but uh, but I am enjoying my little fan and uh, um, just got so, just adorable. Just got okay. Well, thanks a lot. Yeah. Okay. All right. You know, I know where you're going to be in a couple of weeks. All right. So let's. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, okay. All right. Yeah, I'm here. Where, I know where you'll be sleeping. Yeah. I'm here. In, here in the virtual hangar, talking to a couple of my very, very good friends here. Well, one of those voices from somewhere near Sarasota, Florida, is Jeb Burnside. Hi, Jeb. What's going on? It's hot and humid. It's hot and humid. Um, to get our weather discussion out of the way, yeah, it's it's been pretty brutal. 
Um, not so much the heat and humidity, although that's that's definitely a problem. But there's no rain showers in the afternoon yet. Oh, um, we what had what happened? I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, maybe it's too hot to rain. I don't know. But normally by this time of year, we're into the rainy season, monsoon season, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but everything's still fairly dry. There's there's enough rain coming through to to make the grass grow like crazy. But every any rain that hits the ground is just immediately soaked up. Mm-hmm. Normally, we start to get the, the, the ground starts to get saturated uh, a little bit later in the summer. I don't think it's going to make the cut this year. I don't know. We'll see. How's we'll the alligator? You know, I haven't seen him or her um, lately. Um, the alligators are starting to lose their minds. Have you seen? There's been a bunch of stories lately about. Really? Yeah, there's been. There's like a uh, 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 alligator came out of a body of water and grabbed a woman who was walking her dog, and there was another one about it got up into somebody's house, and yeah, a bunch of alligator stories, Jeb. Not to make you uncomfortable or nervous. No, 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 no. no, no. But. Uh, um. I was staring at a raccoon this morning as I walked uh, out at the house. Yeah, in in broad daylight. So you know, I've got that going for me. Too. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Hottest day in the history of the world. Exactly. Hottest day in the history of the world. The other day, every creature on earth is losing its mind. Anyways, also here in the, uh, our virtual hangar is uh, from the shores of the historic and ever scenic Monterey Bay. It's J.R. Warmcastle. Hi, J.R. Uh, what's going on? Six, Sixty-six degrees here. It's warm enough to wear shorts. But not so so warm. You don't want to not wear them. Yeah, it, I mean, uh, you know, other than the fact that it costs, you know, it's outrageously oh. expensive to live there. Uh, that is the, outrageous doesn't even begin to describe what it costs to live here. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is truly a beautiful place to live. All of central Cal, central slash northern California is spectacular. Um, I just got back from a week in southern California. I was down at Anaheim for a week, um, <clears throat> but. Uh, and that was kind of pleasant too. It was we were indoors most of the time because that's the nature of my work. That's the only way to be indoors in LA. Yeah. yeah. What's going on with you, J- uh, Jr.? Are you uh, you having fun? You're I, I can Seven, see you. Seventeen days, eighteen hours, forty-one minutes, and ten seconds, and I'm counting the minutes. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I, I yeah. <laughs> Till what, Jr.? Till what? <laughs> well, so I get to hang out with my friends again at, at the air show that happens in Wisconsin that's commonly known air venture and I am so excited I have so much to talk about and so many things I want to do and see uh, there I am just chomping at the bit that's cool. Yeah, I think, I think a lot That's of us, I myself included, are, are really looking forward to it. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit more about UCAP and and, uh, and Oshkosh in a few minutes. But uh, um, yeah, looking forward to that. Jr., I wanted to ask you a couple questions. So, if, as longtime listeners know, that I did a lot. I spent a lot of years living and flying in in that area of California, and I have mm-hmm. a lot of memories and a lot of whatever. And I, I was curious to ask you a couple questions about how things are doing. For example, your so your home base is Watsonville Airport, still correct? correct. Yep. Yeah, yep. which that's what I was referring to when i said on the shores of the monterey bay there um mm-hmm. when i was out there um every i forget what time of year but every year watsonville hosted a really cool airport day slash fly-in slash air show do they still do that they do not um oh. yeah it, it really is a pity um it for many 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 years they did and through many reasons which i'm not going to bore your listeners it, it has stopped happening and it likely will never come back. Now, the good news is that there's um, one in Salinas, which is kind of 
let's call it the next town over, which is yeah. bigger. And, and for whatever reason, the runways are just slightly longer there. And consequently, uh, the Blue Angels and the Thunderbirds and other military air acts come and perform there on a regular basis. And Watsonville's always been hard. Sometimes they do a flyover at Watsonville, but rarely they would ever, you know, we never get the really exciting air shows to come there. Mm-hmm. So um, Salinas is kind of the closest one. And then, you know, uh, to, to talk about other air shows, as you guys well know, uh, the Reno air races are, let's call them nearby here. Um, a couple yeah. of well, an hour one more away. year anyway. Who the heck knows? Well, I, this, yeah. this is the last year. <laughs> this, this is the last it. year. I, I, yeah, and, and unfortunately, I, I exactly. Um, as I, I've heard a couple of different stories. Um, number one, the insurance doesn't want to renew them. And B, that the FAA insisted that because of the, the oncoming people population in the area, that they were no longer going to be able to have it as, as, as studs. And I'm not doing whatever I mean, right well. And I just, I don't believe that it will ever be reconstituted. I, I hope it does. And I pray for those people um, yeah. because the, the people who operate and maintain those aircraft are a special, are a special population. And yeah. if they don't have a reason to, to come out there and compete, I don't know if they will keep flying in the volume and quantities that they have been for all these years. It yeah. breaks my heart. I only went to Reno, the Reno Air Races, a couple times, but it was quite a, a thing. I, I, I really enjoyed it. And, uh, um, yeah, I, it's see, a couple of people have asked me, do I plan to go out there for the last one? And I'd love to, but it doesn't seem likely. Um, it's not till like November or something like that, right? No, but, it's uh, in August, I think. No, it's not that early. September. Well, well, hey, oh, maybe September, too bad. September. Too bad we if, don't have a device. If only we had some device. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I, I know, I, I know it's in September. You're right. It's in September because it's the same weekend as my wife's birthday. So every year it comes down to I go to my wife's birthday or do I go to the air races? Mm-hmm. And my yeah. wife yeah. Um, wins. Uh, September September thirteenth through seventeenth twenty twenty three mid September okay so uh, but coming back full circle to the Watsonville I just wanted to kind of reminisce a bit about this Watson uh, so Jr had you arrived in the area were they still holding it when you first yes yeah. yes for a couple of years that I did get to attend and it was it was magnificent and and some of the thing part of why I liked it was because if for, I don't know whether it was intentional or unintentional but there were there were these offbeat acts that you didn't see hardly anywhere else um, for example, um, for, for, so everyone, well, not everyone, but many people are familiar with the airport, Reed Hillview Airport, which is over the hills in Santa, in uh, San Jose. And, uh, um, Reed Hillview is named after the Reed family, um, which were aviation, you know, kind of pioneers, I guess you'd call it there in, in that, you know, Santa Clara Valley. Um, and, uh, and, and when I was out there and learning how to fly, the the, the, uh, the sort of matriarch of of certainly of Saint, of Reed Hillview Airport, but I think in some ways of a, general aviation all over the Bay Area, was a, a, a woman named Amelia Reed, mm-hmm. um, and uh, she was the head of uh, it was probably like Amelia Reed Aviation or something like that. She was an that instructor, right. yeah, Amelia, Amelia yeah. Reed Aviation. Yeah, and uh, she was an instructor, um, and uh, she was <laughs> got somewhat I don't know, notorious in a good way for having been the person who gave Sean Tucker his first acro training. Um, <laughs> that was the, that was a story that used to go around back then. Sean Tucker, of course, went on to become one of the legends of uh, performance avi- uh, aer- aerobatics, um, and I would imagine got training from a lot of different people. But the word was that Amelia was the person was the was the instructor who got him started in acro, and Amelia. You used to do at the Watsonville Air Show, she did a really nice little acro aerobatics act in a Cessna 150. Um, 
And it was just so cool because these are the airplanes that we were all flying. You know, I mean, we all, you know, you know, you can watch somebody flying a, a whatever, you know, a something, something extra, you know, or a, a Sukhoi, this or that, right? But it's not real in some ways to us regular pilots. But a 150, you know, we've all been up close, if not got many hours in our logbook of the 150. And Amelia Reed would go up and fly right in front of the crowd. And she didn't do the most dramatic of the acro moves, but she did a lot of the standard ones. Um, it was much more mellow and much more gentle than some of the acro aircraft. But it was really cool to see an, a regular everyday airplane doing acro right in front of us. That was that yeah. was really cool. I have very fond memories. Did you ever see that, JR? I never saw her do her act, but you know, what you're describing is someone who's taking and making accessible, right? To say, look, if Amelia can fly that aircraft in a, in, in that way, I could do that too, right? It, yeah. it, 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 it means that it's not, it's not rarefied in magic. It's not, it's not, um, it's not the machine. It's the pilot. And it's the person who, who receives the training and has the skills who can really make that machine operate in an amazing way that, that maybe we never thought of before. I think that, that even as much as a, a pilots are the same way that, you know, a lot of non-pilots come to an air show or, or the airport and they think these, these machines are magic and, and the magic is the people. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The other act um, that I remember fondly from the Watsonville show and one of the acts that I, I enjoyed seeing each time was uh, a, uh, a guy flying, a guy flying a Robinson R-22, um, the little mm-hmm. two seat um, Robinson helicopter. Um, and it was, again, it was not any kind of special version of the helicopter. It was an everyday daily driver version of an R-22. Um, and, uh, and he, he would just kind of do a lot of flyby passes, but the thing that was most notable about his performance was that he um, he demonstrated auto rotations for us right in front yeah. of the crowd. Okay, sure. and and I'm no I'm not trained as a helicopter pilot, obviously, but the my my sort of maybe oversimplified understanding is that there are basically two different kinds of auto rotation. There's auto rotation when you've got a lot of forward motion, um, and then there's auto rotation if you're hovering. All right, and and it, it has a lot to, and, and, and those can get really dicey if you either need altitude or speed when you're doing an auto rotation, as I understand it. And so what he demonstrated, and so he was talking to the crowd by radio from inside the R-22, talking about what he was doing and explaining what he was about to do. And he would do one pass where he would be like zooming, you know, from, from, you know, uh, the, the extended center line towards the runway. And he would say, okay, and now I'm, you know, shutting off the power, killing the power on the engine. All right. And you take it to whatever pitch of the blades to make keep auto rotating and and you could see him you know kind of like slowing you'd, you'd see him do this big big uh, pitch up um in order to slow down and then just kind of like set it right down on the runway all right and it was very cool to see him do that but the other thing he did was so then he wanted to demonstrate how it works if you don't have any forward motion and so mm-hmm. he flew the helicopter way up probably i don't know what you know a thousand maybe not a thousand feet but way up very high all right and he was hovering right over the uh, runway all right talking to us on the radio and he said, okay, now I'm killing the power. And if you were watching, you could see the helicopter kind of start to fall a little bit. And mm-hmm. then he, and then I guess the way it works is you nose over a little bit in order to get some forward speed um, mm-hmm. and keep the blades spinning and the rotors spinning, excuse me. Um, and I recall he kind of sort of did some spirally kinds of things and, uh, and then came down and, and, and landed right in front of us on the runway. And I, I just really enjoyed that demonstration. I thought that was really, really illustrative. Is that a word? Yeah. Illustrative. Sure. Yeah, of 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 this particular aspect of helicopter flight, I like. I found those two acts really interesting, and I, I, I have very fond I memories. Guy, yeah, I bet you the guy you're talking about. His name is a Chris Gallardi, 
and Chris is the uh, one of the, uh, the the owners of a specialized helicopter here at Watsonville, and he's gone on from NARAC, which he used to have, um, to um, doing helicopter services. So um, <clears throat> if you ever here at Watsonville and you're interested, I'd uh, I'd love to take you over there and introduce you to Chris and and find out if it is in fact the same um, yeah. the same yeah. guy. I, but I bet you it is because he's, yeah. he's a local here. So. And then one other thing, just real quickly, um, yeah. Sean Tucker, who you were talking about a few moments ago. Um, has um, a school uh, in King City, which is down the way here a little bit. Which he oh, does he's down King City about. now. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think that he's actually not there anymore. I think that he's in Salinas. And Sean Tucker has founded the Hoover Academy, and the Hoover Academy is to teach at-risk youth um, various aviation skills, mechanics, and pilots, and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, he's looking for all kinds of assistance and support. So, if any of your listeners are interested in Sean Tucker yeah. and what he's doing. Uh, the Hoover Academy. He's Sean is the nicest guy. I went over and visited with him, and mm-hmm. um, absolutely still in aviation, still excited about airplanes. And uh, I strongly encourage uh, people to go over and talk to him um, over at the Hoover yeah. Academy in Salinas. I, I've never met the man. Um, I've seen him do his performance many, many times, and seen him do interviews. And I, uh, what you just said, completely rings true to me. He seemed like a really nice guy. I remember when we. Uh, so because he was local to that to that you know part of California, when I was getting into aviation, I saw him at a lot of local air shows um, before right. he went national. And so we'd see him at Salinas. We'd see him at uh, I forget where, but uh, uh, Mather or you know various California, Central California air shows. And so we knew Sean Tucker. And I remember being at. Oshkosh, the first year that Sean was one of the featured performers in the Uh, Daily Air Show, okay? And so I'm standing there watching the air show, and of course I'm surrounded by all these other people, all right, who are seeing Sean Tucker for the first time, you know? And and, and they were just (laughs) not aghast, but agape, whatever the right word is. They were just like, wow, look what he's doing. Um, And I'm going, yeah, that's Sean. (laughs) We know Sean. (laughs) Yeah, he's my buddy Sean. Yeah, look at him doing his thing. Yeah, Yeah, right, yeah. Uh, Jeb, you're off quiet any uh mem- air show memories you want to share with us before we move on? um <clears throat> the only one that really jumps i mean and just because of ton of time and, and distance uh growing up um local airport had a had an air show uh my father took me to it i was knee high to a gopher mm-hmm. and uh um we watched as a p-51 took off it was t- towards the end of the show um uh, P-51 was taking off, departing the area. And that was really cool. Mm-hmm. You know, and my father leans over and says, now watch this. And yeah. it was a Learjet 23. Uh-huh. And it made the P-51 look like um, slowpoke. Yeah. It, it, but the sounds, of course, were different. That was another attraction. But the contrast, um, um, just, to, just in... in this wasn't any great performance. This wasn't an aerobatic performance by any stretch. Um, these were just two airplanes taking off. Yeah, uh, that, that's probably the the most more, most prominent memory I have of mm-hmm. an air show. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, you put me in mind of one more here. I, I the. Um, JR, in the Central Valley, um, um, maybe former, but one-time military air base sort of to the north and maybe a little to the east of Sacramento. I want to say Lincoln. Does that make sense? Um, Could be, yeah. Um, anyways, there was an air show up there, um, very military oriented because it was at a, at a military base. Um, and one of the, one of the performers was a, I always get these confused, B-1 or B-2 bomber, not the flying wing, the one that's, that's sort a of B-1. One. 
B1, okay? The bone. So, yeah. Um, it was doing flybys, all right? And one of the flybys that it did, it was it was one of these where it was in t- full landing configuration. Everything's hanging out. The gear is open. All the, all the you know, devices are, 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 ex- are extended. And he's coming in real slow, all right? And just as he kind of passes over the numbers, he retracts everything, okay? And adds power, all right? And right over midfield, right at show center, he basically goes into afterburner and takes that freaking thing straight up into the sky, yeah. all right? Yeah. I mean, and and the sound and the sight of it, all right? Because it's making a lot of noise, shooting that noise straight at the crowd, and we're looking right up the, I want to say tailpipes, but the, uh, you know, the, the jet exhausts with the fire coming out of them, and it was quite a moment. It was quite a moment. There's some air show memories. Can I, yeah. can I share one more, if, if you don't mind? I don't. Uh, Go ahead. And, and, you know, this is this is kind of a funny one. But, uh, you know, uh, what, there was this time, the last time I was Oshkosh with uh, with our good friend Dave Higdon. Uh, Dave and I always had a tradition that um, at, some, at some point during the uh, the week there, that we would make a pilgrimage, pilgrimage out to uh, Herbie's AC Ducey. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and those of you who, who don't know, AC Ducey is the bar that the uh, the sport the pilots used to hang out at all of the show pilots. And there is an aviation history and legacy there. So if you make it to Oshkosh, especially if you've never been there, try to go find it. It's, it's a place and, and go, go in the back room and take, take a few minutes and look at all of the, the acts and the signatures and, and memorabilia. Yeah. I, I strongly yeah. encourage it. And it's a, it's a really, uh, it's an interesting location. So it's just, uh, I was remembering that. Yep. Yep, I agree completely. Dave used to call it Herbie's. Uh, yeah, yeah, Her- Her- Herbie's ACDC is what it's called. Her- Herbie, I think, was maybe one of the proprietors or something or other. And, I believe uh, so. But Dave would say, we're going to see Herbie's. We're going to Herbie's. Yeah, it's Herbie. it's a fun place, and it's definitely a bit of uh, – I'm surprised. I'm pleased, but I'm a little surprised it still exists. Yeah. Um, yes, Because it's, it's it's been there in Oshkosh forever, all right? But, uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. Go go check out Herbie's at the ACDC. Um Okay, so what are we doing here? We're at now. See, now we're spending, now we're talking too. No, I was going to say we're talking too much about airplanes. Can't do that. Uh, uh, what do we call the UCAP listeners? I think we're getting close to making a decision here, Jeb. Um, and okay. uh, um, but I, I just wanted to. Call, so we've got. We heard from another um, listener this past uh, uh, since the last episode. We heard from listener Nate O. Um, and listener Nate O had just one additional. I, I, I just um, for completeness, I want to mention this. Um, he said refer to them as the flight line that's kind of an interesting one he put an exclamation point at the end of it i'm not sure if that's significant but the, the flight line so we'll add that to the to the to the yeah. to the bunch yeah. here um nato is apparently a ucap listener from san juan puerto rico um and uh he's uh he's actually apparently going to be up in my area in august and so uh we're going to try and get together and uh, go see his airplane and maybe have a cup of coffee or whatever and uh, that'll be fun but uh we thank NATO and we thank everybody. And we've talked about him in the past. There's a, uh, we'll put a link in the show notes to the collection of all the possible names that yeah. we've we've come up with. Um, I'm guessing Jeb that maybe we, you know, at Oshkosh, we'll kind of, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll get a couple of beers. Be, we'll yeah, be time. We'll consult consult the you know whoever wants to be consulted and uh, and and we'll make a pick. So it, it feels like I'm looking here at the list. It feels like these names are all too cool. Right. You know, when I when I think about, you know, a, a call sign for a pilot, you know, they never choose the cool name. They always choose this name that's a little bit weird. Well, I, I mean, well, I said the, this. The pilots don't get to choose the name. The, the, the they're, pilots they're, don't get to choose the name. Yeah. That's uh, true. The, the, the rest of their squadron gets to choose the yeah. name. Right. 
I, I mean, as I've said before, I, I lean towards uh, wayward aviators. I, I'm th- that's my bias, and so, uh, but but we'll see. We'll, we'll come back to it. So, if you got any more ideas, send them along now, and we'll add them to the list before we uh, we, we have some sort of uh, uh, you know beer drinking meeting at Oshkosh where where we uh, make some decisions here. Maybe we're something tied onto something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, What's next here? So I think now's the time. Let's see now. What should we call you, Cap? And uh, um, so um, FAA issues an advisory circular. Have you guys seen this story? Um, this is an AbWeb um, story from just recently. Um, yeah, there's a new AC out on non-towered airport operations. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the snippet that jumped out of me from this story was if, according to the way it's reported here, they, um, and, and, and by the way, JR, this is perhaps – you know, right up your alley, so to speak. Um, they're, they're saying, let's see if I can find it here. Um, but to paraphrase, FAA is just not recommending straight ins in a VFR situation. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, we we know here at Watsonville because we had a yeah. You a, had a bad. You had a quite a tragic, yeah. a tragic thing out there uh, a few months back, and um, I have to wonder if that doesn't play into this this advisory circular. I'm trying to find where's the words here. Uh, an aircraft on. Da, 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 da. So, um, um, to, to for this reading from this is an AvWeb. Let's see, yeah, AvWeb story by uh, Mark Phelps. Um, to now, see, I've lost the place. I had it, and I've what lost it. For? Further, further to mitigate. This is the paragraph. This is the graph that starts the uh, advisory. The AC also advises. Okay, and in the middle of that paragraph, it says to mitigate the risk of a mid-air collision at a non-towered airport in other than instrument conditions. The FAA does not recommend that the pilot execute a straight-in approach for landing when there are other aircraft in the traffic pattern. Um, it says it's, it goes on to say a straight-in approach may cause a conflict with aircraft in the traffic pattern and on base to final and increase the risk of a mid-air collision, which is exactly the circumstance, JR, that you guys saw out there. At, at, well, uh, and, and, at and also let's come back to the circular run- runway, right? The fact is, is that if you are closing, uh, two aircraft are closing and you're at, you know, a perpendicular angle that, or, or, or even a, an opposite angle, the, the closing speeds are just enormous, you know, almost regardless of the speed of the aircraft. It's, it's, it, these, they're really scary. And you're coming in on a 45 <clears throat> gives you a lot of time to see another aircraft in the, uh, in the traffic pattern. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So Jeb, anything you want to add to this? Yeah. I, uh, put something, I put a blurb in, uh, last, you know, the upcoming issue of aviation safety about this. Um, and I said basically the same thing, but quoted basically the same text as Mark and, and Mark's did a good job on this piece. Um, the uh, the way I wrote it, um, traffic pattern entries are, and this is what the AC says, traffic pattern entries are something that's not regulated. For example, the agency only regulates traffic pattern flow, not the entry. So straight-in approaches while certainly legal, are not recommended. And then I quote the rest of, of uh, what Mark quotes right. um, about um, um, turning base to final, yada, yada. Um, so, yeah, it, it's and there's uh, there's also stuff in here about uh, um, self-announcing, which Mark covers, um, and um, um, 
just you know some of the other you know a few of the controversies if you will or or misunderstandings or misunderstandings or whatever you want to call them that uh, have crept into uh uh how to operate how to how to fly how to talk how to communicate uh at non-towered airports so it, it's 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 significant but it didn't really change anything they've they've rewritten a few things and and made some other things clearer uh, but it's the latest version of this reference, and it should be something that you have in your aviation library. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, yeah. The, if, if I can add one more piece yeah. to that, you yeah. know, yeah. as sure. a as an instructor, one of the issues um, that I see very commonly is that the, the student um, or the low, let's call it the low tide pilot, latest student or licensed pilot, they have a they have so many things going on. They're having they have a hard time um, remembering to configure the aircraft correctly for landing. And by going into the 45 and kind of having a procedure where like, okay, we're on the 45, we're on the downward leg. Okay. We're going to get the checklist done. We have a process that that's wrote, you know, it's, it's, it, it's instilled that we're going to follow this thing with a straight in. You have to do all that same stuff, but you don't have the, those visual checkpoints like, oh, okay, I'm midfield down. Yeah. I better start my checklist. And where my students have the hardest time is when they're doing a straight in approach or they're doing some, some odd approach or something odd happens and they, they forget to, to complete or to start that checklist. And consequently, either the aircraft's misconfigured or they're at the wrong altitude or there's a, you create a lot of problems. So an experienced pilot straight in can be very effective time wise, but from a, from a low time pilot, I, I always tell them, I said, I don't, I don't care what you see other people do. You're a student pilot. I want you to enter on the 45. Yeah. I want you to do the same things the same yeah. way every time. And when it isn't going like that, it'll be really obvious that there's something wrong here. Yeah. yeah. No, that's a very good point. Very good point. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, we'll uh, put a link in the show notes to uh, both the AvWeb story and maybe if we can find it to the advisory circular itself and uh, take a look. Oshkosh is coming. So what's the current countdown, JR? Are you still keeping track uh, there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 17 days, 8 hours, 18 hours, 17 minutes, and 40 seconds. But who's counting? Um, yeah, so, I, I am. So so how are you getting there? Are you flying the Trinidad out? Oh, that's the hope. So that's the hope. Um, okay. Okay, let me, let, me, let, me, let me back up. Let me back up because I, gotta, I have a story to tell. I've been, I've, been, I've been chomping at the bit to tell you this story. Okay. So when my daughter was three years old, my daughter oh, came yes. to me one day and my yeah. daughter said, Daddy, I don't love you anymore. <laughs> oh, said, yeah. Okay, that's fine. You don't you don't have to love me. I will love you no matter what, but you don't have to love. All right. And then she was five years old. She came. She was five. She says, Daddy, I don't want to be a pilot. And I nearly died. And my, I just, it just, it cut that's me right. to the quick. That's right. Tell me you and don't love me is fine, but don't tell fine. me. Exactly. Don't, don't tell me you don't exactly. be a pilot. That, that's not good. Now, when, when um, summer began, my daughter graduated from middle school into high school. He came to me and said, Daddy, I want to get my pilot's license. And I sat there. Oh, I sat yeah. there. And I was so cool. I was cool like a cucumber. I sat there. Well, oh, hmm, let me think about that. And me with, you know, with five airplanes, I thought, okay, well, maybe we could work something out. We could, I said, yeah. okay, sweetheart, I'll tell you what. If you come and help me all summer long preparing the Trinidad to fly to Oshkosh, you can fly me to Oshkosh in the Trinidad. And I will work on will work on getting your pilot's license. So all summer long, she's been taking inspection panels off the aircraft. Wow. We did compression check, the whole wow. annual. 
Um, sure. and, and of course, you know, I can't just do one airplane. So I have two airplanes that, that we're racing to see which one is going to be done in time. Uh, the Trinidad is 99% ready. We're waiting on a part that's on its way. Um, the Cessna 172 is about to emerge. It's just gotten its radios installed and it, it, it's about to get pushed out of the hangar too. So wh- who gets there? What airplane we fly? How we get there? I don't know. But what I do know is my daughter wants to get her pilot's license, and I could. Oh, congratulations! Her. Yeah, congratulations. that's that's awesome, Jr. Congratulations. So, um, how long is it going to take you in that one seventy two? Well, the Trinidad, the the um, so I you know I said okay, look, what are we going to do? I want to get there. I like to get there a week ahead of time, and that gives me an opportunity to a unwind to decompress, but it also gives me an opportunity to go and volunteer. And, um, and, and, and to just add, answer your question in the long way, it's Oshkosh is run by its volunteers. And if you guys have a chance to go and volunteer, if you have a chance to show up a week early or come out and participate, I strongly encourage you to. There's so much work to do, in, and you'll make so many new friends. Um, I also told her, well, look, you know, we're going to be flying across the country anywhere you want to stop and go and see. And she said, well, I'd like to go see Yellowstone. So the plan oh. is, is that we're going to fly four or five hours in the Trinidad um, up to Montana. Uh, I believe the west entrance is, I always get this wrong, one's in Montana and one's in Wyoming. But anyway, um, we're going to fly up there um, to West Yellowstone Airport. We're going to stop and see the geysers and get a tour of Yellowstone, and then we will complete the flight another six or so hours. So it's about 10 hours in the Trinidad, okay. um, broken up onto two days. The 172, you know, kind of back of the envelope math, that's what, 14, 15 hours. Um, yeah. The advantage of it, though, is that it's an aircraft that it would be more. It'd be better for her to learn to fly in the 172 because it's slower. Sure. And it gives her an opportunity to really right. fly the aircraft. So we're going to see who's, who's ready. Um, you know, my guess mm-hmm. is, you know, what, what is it? Uh, a twin engine aircraft is an aircraft that always has something broken on it. Or, you know, how, how does it uh, <laughs> Right. I mean, there's always something broken on an airplane. So we're, we're, we're excited, but we are, we are m- m- moving heaven and earth to get that, uh, get one of those aircraft flying. So the Trinidad's the, yeah. the, the front runner. Yeah. Good, cool. Good, yeah. Very cool. Have you ever been to Yellowstone before, Jared? I have been with my with my mother many years ago, but okay. only briefly. Uh, so um, it's very cool. You should do it. Um, that's yeah. great. Um, I'm my main piece of advice that I just I'm motivated to give you mm. is that get be prepared. Yellowstone is huge. All right. Yes. I mean, I, and and so you know you're going to land outside the boundary and think I'm gonna, now we're going to drive in. All right. Keep in mind it could be a four hour drive from outside Ooh. to. I mean, do the math. Plan plan the, the yeah. trip because. Well, I, I I actually did I did worse than that. What I did and, th- and thank you for this advice is tre- treasured. I realized that if you fly in, I, I called the people at West Yellowstone and said, hey, I want to fly my, my little engine airplane, my single engine airplane in here. And, and what's the best way? And we could rent a car. We could do this. We could do that. But what, what they told me is that there's a tour company that, that I can get in town, and they do all the driving. And it's an all-day adventure. You pay oh. about the same price as renting a car. <clears throat> and it's their problem. Yeah, so That sounds they, awesome. Right. That sounds and awesome. I, I, 
I'm so excited. It's called a West West Yellow. Well, that West that will solve. Tours. That seems like that would solve the problem because I just right. wanted to. You yeah. know, it's like I've yeah, been to well, I've been to Yellowstone three or four times. Uh, it's yeah. very cool. Um, but every single time I've gone, and the first time especially, it took me by surprise, is that you reach the boundary of Yellowstone yes. oh, and you huge. think, okay, we're here. All right, you know, yeah. the problem is it takes you a couple hours more to get yes. to like yes. Old yes. Faithful or the yes. Yellowstone Falls or the or the whatever you know. So and and, and the colors of those of. of some of those those ponds are just, it's just I'm, I, those, that's the thing I remember twenty years later yeah. is that the colors you not see in nature, um, yeah. and it is it is an amazing park. But it is huge. And Yosemite, which is the park we have on the west coast, is also like that. You get yeah. to the park boundary, and it's another hour into the yeah. park. Yeah, but so, have fun. Well, uh, we want to hear your stories when we see you in Oshkosh. See, see the photos. Yeah. So let's talk about Oshkosh here. Uh, a bunch of things here. First of all, so um, I don't know whether you guys are aware of this in Florida or on the West Coast, but the northeast part of the United States has been suffering from smoke from these fires up in Canada for like uh, a few weeks now. I mean, it's been really dangerous yeah. in some places, New York and um, particularly a couple weeks ago. And apparently they had some significant smoke in Oshkosh over the last couple weeks and so to the point where um oshkosh uh, pr dick, dick nipinski um was moved to make an announcement um and so they have you know they, they've tried to uh to come to calm everybody that they they expect that the smoke so this is uh uh, again, reading from an AvWeb story, smoke clearing in Oshkosh, air venture preparations continue. Which I, this, the, the tone of the story almost took me like surprise. It's like, wait a minute, was anybody even thinking that Oshkosh wasn't going to happen <laughs> Boy, because of the smoke? I'm thinking yeah. about it now. <laughs> Yeah. Um, oh, my. Um, like much of the northern area of the United States, Oshkosh has been choking under smoke drifting from forest fires in Canada, but AirVenture officials say the annual show, show will go on as planned in late July. Um, readers have reported, again, I'm reading from the Zabweb story, readers have reported poor visibility and terrible air quality in recent days, but AirVenture spokesman Dick Nipinski says that there's plenty of time for things to improve. Quote, we're, we're still more than three weeks out. He said also that... Um, um, oh, someplace in this story, they talk about the fact that they're about to get some rain, um, and that hopefully was going to clear out the air. So, uh, um, so that's kind of interesting. Um, oh, and uh, the but the you know uh, uh, Nappers is insistent that it's going to be fine, um, and uh, yeah, so. Anyways, so smoke. So uh, um, so that's Lovely. the kickoff. It's like, yeah, it's going to be hot, humid, smoky. You know, bring your gas masks. Bring your bring your uh, your. Uh, but have a great time. Yeah, have right. A great no. time. It'll be fine. Well, It'll you, you fine. guys remember Sloshkosh with, with number of years. Oh yes. been ten years oh, ago yeah. now. So you know, oh, I, yeah. you know, my my daughter my daughter collects natural disasters. So we've had fires. We've had <laughs> she's had she's had a hurricane. We're waiting for the tornado. She 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 has a. She has a calendar. I think she marks these things off on. So yep. Uh, yeah. Well, if she starts that. coming to air shows, what well, between Wisconsin? Wisconsin definitely tornado country. Um, yeah. You know, many of us had a tornado at Sun and Fun one year. So uh, yeah, there you yeah. go. Um, yeah. So, anyways, uh, uncontrolled airspace will be at at at, uh, at Oshkosh this year um, in full force, so to speak, my, with the exception of of missing Dave. Um, for the first time since 2019, both Jeb and I will be there um, and uh, looking be forward. Afraid. Be, very yeah, afraid. be very afraid. Um, but we can sneak around because people won't be able to see us in the smoke. Uh, you know, we're just kind of <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you right. going to put up a smoke screen? We, we, 
Yeah. 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 Um, we're going to be doing daily episodes all week long. Um, we really enjoy doing the daily. At least I do. I think you do, Jeb. Um, yeah. And, uh, um, and we've got all bunch of new friends like, like JR and, and, uh, uh, well, Tupper's been a friend of ours forever. Uh, Amy, of course, has been a friend forever. Um, um, Comanche Sue, we're going to see out there. Um, and, uh, Emily Heron, we're going to see out there. And so I'm hoping that we're going to do at least one daily with each of these folks yeah, and, and, and maybe dailies with multiple of them. I, I have this fantasy that we could get a picture with all of our new guest hosts in oh, one wow. picture. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm, no, I'm, I'm thoroughly petrified by the logistics of trying to put that together. Right? He's trying to get everybody in the same place at the same time. And sadly, 172 Drew will not be there, so we would miss him. Um, but, uh, but yeah. But it's going to be cool. So we're going to do daily episodes all week long. That'll be a lot of fun. Um, the tie-down party is returning. Uh, the tie-down party will be re- returning to Thursday of the air show week, as it's been we've been doing it for years up through 2019. Um, it... We haven't 100% decided where it's going to be yet, but I would put money on it's going to be in its same old place um, right outside. Really? I, I, well, maybe. I, I, okay, John, I don't know. I, mean, I, I, mean, I, don't know what, I don't know what the other options are. That's kind of the point. And uh, that's <laughs> yeah. kind of the point. And people know where that is. The, the, the thing I like, I mean, we used to like that because we used to be staying in the Super 8 hotel and it was right there. That was a plus. All right. But even after we left the Super 8, um, first of all, our listeners know that spot. They've been there multiple times. Second of all, it's, it's, although it's not, you know, it, it, the, the point is it's accessible from inside and outside equally. Yes. Okay. Um, cause there's the, you can take the, you can take the uh, EAA shuttle buses inside and there's a stop right there, right inside the fence and you just go through the gate and you're at our party. Or if you're not inside the, the boundaries, you can come and park in, and there's all kinds of parking there. Um, and so it, it's very accessible, um, you know, and, uh, and, and the hotel hasn't decided to kick us out yet. Um, so hopefully that'll, that will continue to work in our favor. So I, I don't know. Everyone should pay attention to our social media um, and the dailies um, early in the week. And we'll put a stake in the ground for sure then. But I'm, I'd put money on we're going to go back to that same spot right outside the uh, northwest gate. Um, Thursday afternoon. It's going to be fun. Um, and uh, not only will it be a traditional tie-down party, it will also be a, a memorial gathering in memory of our friend Dave Higdon. Um, and so if you want to come by and share your Dave Higdon stories and uh, and hear other people's stories, that would be great. Um, that will be Thursday evening of, of will, Oshkosh Week. Will there be cheesy poofs? There will be. <laughs> come on, JR. Come on, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Cheesy poofs and, and all kinds of uh, beers. We may even get some of this official EAA beer. Um, I don't know how, how accessible that stuff's going to be. But we'll definitely get our normal broad selection of beers um, and some soft drinks for people who are so inclined. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll have fun. It'll be good. Uh, Six o'clock on Thursday till till whenever. Till um, we can't stand each other. Till we can't stand each other anymore. Till we till we have to go and get real food. Um, <laughs> yeah. What else? Let's see now. Um, so... Uh, what have I got here? We got the dailies. So a couple of things specific to remembering um, David. Uh, they uh, um, uh, another group of his friends, um, and it's not at all surprising because Dave had so many friends. Um, another group of his friends have arranged two particular memorials for Dave um, that will be kind of kicked off or whatever uh, this year at Oshkosh. One is uh, Dave will be remembered in uh, an engraved stone in the on the plaza at the Brown Arch there at uh, show center or near show center um at air venture and so uh if you you know i, I urge everybody to kind of t- find a moment to go by there and 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 pay your respects to uh, his memory there 
The other thing is that um, Dave will be remembered by EAA having his name added to the EAA Memorial Wall, which is a, a, a really beautiful piece that's over at the edge of Pioneer Airport. Um, uh, there's a, actually a sort of across Pioneer Airport from the museum. Um, there's a small chapel, and the Memorial Wall is right there at the chapel, and there's all sorts of amazing names um, remembered on that wall, and Dave's name will be added to that. Um, and I would imagine that the name will be there as the week begins, but um, there's a they have a ceremony on Sunday morning. Um, and it's a ceremony to re- to remember everyone who's been added to the wall that year. And Dave, of course, will be one of those. So if you if you wanted to, uh, Jeb and I expect to be there. I know a lot of other Dave's friends expect to be there. Um, I believe it's at ten thirty on Sunday morning. Um, yes. And uh, um, you know that that's something else that's happening. If if you want to pay your respects to Dave and his memory. Um, so that's uh, that. And then what else we got here? The notum is out. Um, everybody should uh, check out the notum. Make sure if you're it's flying in. It's not a notum. In. Yeah, I know. It's not a notum. It's a, it's a, uh, a procedures notice. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. Yep. And uh, let's see now. Brown Arch, Memorial Wall. The Notum, check out the Notum. Um, you, it's easy enough to find. You can Google it or go to the EA website. There will also be a link in our show notes. Jeb, I haven't warned you about this, but here's something I want to do. All right? Okay. Here's something I want to do. One of the daily episodes that we do at Oshkosh, I want to do a generic Q&A session. All right? I want to okay. invite listeners to ask us questions that you and I will just sit and answer. And and they and they may not be the typical questions. All right? I, they may not be, you know, kind of specifically, you know, story about aviation stories it could be things about asking us to elaborate on things about our 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 backgrounds or our our experiences um it could be just about anything if you have a question for jeb and i um submit it to us send it to a podcast at uncontrolledairspace.com and uh, we'll put it on a list and we we reserve the right to yeah. discard any questions. Yeah, oh, yeah, we, yeah, we absolutely will be editing this list, yeah, for sure. Uh, all kidding aside, uh, what, what would you say? No politics, no religion, and nothing really incredibly personal, all right? But generally speaking, um, ask us questions about things we're doing or our experiences or the history of the podcast or I don't know what. You think of things that you yeah. want to know, and uh, we're going to spend a, a daily episode just... Uh, think uh, of things you want to know that you think we might have answers for. <laughs> no, well, or not. That might be or not. Yeah. yeah, right. So anyways, uh, please send your questions. That would be fun. We would like to hear from you, and we would like to hear the kinds of things that we don't normally think to talk about that you would like to hear us talk about. All right. I think that's all of the uh, UCAP Uncontrolled Airspace at Oshkosh stuff I had on my list here. Uh, next thing, how are we doing for time? Oh, we're reaching the end of our allotted time. My goodness. Um when all heck breaks loose, it doesn't say heck, it says hell. When all hell breaks loose at 2,700 feet. This is a story that uh, from uh, General Aviation News' website. Um, and uh, um, this is not an off-field landing of the week because the uh, the <clears throat> aircraft did manage to get back to an airport. Um, but it, it, and, it, and in some ways, it's an unremarkable story, except that the person managed to save their lives. Um, it's... Uh, as I recall the story, I'm opening it up here. I read it a couple of days ago, but basically they were, um, it, it's, it's sort of a textbook engine failure. The engine failed um, on, on takeoff, on, uh, you know, on departure, climb out. And uh, um, apparently the, uh, the, the, the experienced pilot was letting his student pilot buddy actually operate the controls at this point. Um, and the engine like went into a mad vibration um, and, uh, um, 
and the pilot. And it's an interesting story to read this person's um, experience here and the, and the, the, the initially the not panic exactly, but the extreme emotion of the, this this event. But then he writes about how all of a sudden, just kind of everything fell in place, and his training took hold, and he realized what he needed to do, um, and and he flew the airplane. Um, and uh, apparently, it wasn't a total. Uh, engine a uh, power failure so they had a little bit of power so they were able to stretch out a little bit and um they didn't return to their i believe what i read here was they didn't return to their takeoff airport that there was another airport sort of a, a mile or so distant off to one direction or the other and so they turned to that and uh they made it over um and it's just it's an interesting story here let's see if the person's name here is here what do we got here uh well it's written by someone named eve's DDA, DDA, DDA yeah. which I think is the pilot, the the, yes. the, the, the uh, so accident yeah. pilot, um, and uh, it's a very interesting story. It's educational. It just it, it's very frank about the fact that it's scary as heck, heck hell, scary as it's very very scary when this happens. But um, if you let your training take over, um, all of a sudden things start to get a little bit more manageable. And uh, yeah, I like the story. I don't well, know whether you had a chance I, to read it. Yeah, what I like about it is fly the airplane, right? Yeah. You know, number one, always fly the airplane. And yeah. uh, as you say, training. That's what we teach our students to do. Fly the No matter what, fly the airplane. Yeah. Um, and uh, pictures here of the uh, of the uh, of the piston that was at the heart of of the problem. And, um, he was apparently advised that he, this air, this engine wasn't going to keep making partial power very much longer. And uh, he was he was it was good that he got on the ground pretty quickly. But uh, yeah. Um, yeah, interesting story. Check yeah. it out. Check it out. Congratulations to him and to his uh, student pilot buddy for uh, managing the uh, situation well and, and getting on the ground safely. Very cool. We're almost there here. Uh, reaching the end of our allotted time. Um, so the last story here I was just kind of curious about. There was a story here about, uh, this is from AvWeb, that uh, ATP, which is ATP is a training flight, a big flight school operation. Um, and the story is about how they've ordered 40 Skyhawks, um, which good for Boeing. Um, that That's not Boeing, but Cessna. Te- um, Textron, yeah. yeah, Textron. Um, and uh, um, that's great. It got me to wondering, and I, I Jeb, I apologize. I was going to ask you to look this up in advance, and I could look it up too, but you probably know better where to find it. I already have. How many Skyhawks get manufactured in a typical year? Typical is doing a lot of work in that. Okay. Sentence, but... In 2022, Textron manufactured slash delivered 151 Skyhawks. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So 40. That's, that's yeah. back in the late 70s, they were probably putting out 1,000. Yeah. yeah. And uh, JR owns four of them, right? Yeah. <laughs> not the new Executive ones. Executive serial numbers. Yeah, not the <laughs> maybe, new ones. Maybe, no. maybe one less now. Yeah, right. So, Actually, uh, I think I sold, I sold the 182. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 Well, we had to fund, fund my retirement somehow. Yeah. So I have a yeah. 150, a 172, and a 310 right now. So if anyone needs a 310, you know, you know who to talk to. Yeah. So, well, congratulations to uh, to Cessna Textron for, I mean, so so getting an order for 40 airplanes when in recent years they only made a total of 150, that's a pretty significant order. And, uh, yeah. Um, but they had similar orders in those in, in the yeah. past years also but from you know fleet orders as opposed to yeah. um, Joe blow down the street getting a brand new skyhawk um, 
Yeah, yeah. but I, I, I'm, I'm. There used to be, and maybe I'm, I'm, I'm looking in the wrong place. But there used to be numbers that were some of them were kind of fuzzy, but would go back a uh, long, longer, a lot longer in the past. And uh, you know how many Skyhawks were delivered in 1976 or something like that. Right. I, I, I don't know where that data is, but yeah. I've seen it. I'll look for some more. Yeah, I remember. I seem to remember us talking about these kinds of things from time to time. We'd because yeah. the the annual report would come up and we'd talk about it. But right. I, I, I again, I have to dig to find it myself. But uh, yeah. So that's kind of cool. Um, the, I, it, it's you know I've gotten used to it over the years. I remember when I first got involved in aviation, and I was very active in the computer world, and I had a sense of how many computers a company had to sell in order to be considered successful. And it was like hundreds of thousands, million. There was a lot, a big number, all right, to be successful. And uh, now I'm now I'm kind of getting my toes wet in this aviation world, and I'm and thinking, how many airplanes do they make every year? It must be a big number, right? And I was shocked. Yeah, and I remember being shocked at what a low number of of you know existing airplanes there are and new airplanes each year. And uh, it's it's a really very very different kind of a, of a community than than I was used to in technology. Um, so yeah, I so now I know 150 airplanes in a year for one particular model is, seems like a decent year. I mean, I guess sadly, well, but true. But is it? I don't know. Um, that's um, one model from one manufacturer. Yeah. Textron, Textron delivered 568 uh, different airframes in 2022. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, different Skyhawk. models or diff- total number different, of airplanes? Total number of aircraft. Okay. Um, Still, it, it, hang on a second. Let me, there's more here. This yeah, okay, go ahead. Yeah, um, this the 151 Skyhawks was the highest single model total. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Okay. Um, they sold three Bonanzas. Three. Three Bonanzas. No Barons. <sighs> yeah. Um, the other. The greatest number of, of aircraft, other than Skyhawks, that Textron sold in 2022 was guess. Take a guess. I'm sorry. Ask the question again. So we've established this, that Textron sold 151 Skyhawks in 2022. Yes. What's the next highest uh, model sales? Oh, from, uh, from Textron? From Textron in 2022. It would be... It would be... It would, no, oh, no, 150. Caravans, caravans, exactly really? right. Yeah, <laughs> 60, car- <laughs> sixty grand caravans. Who the man? Who the man? Yeah, caravans. Yeah, you, do. Yeah. you know what? You know yeah. what a one seventy two goes for nowadays? Not offhand, no. I'm looking. I'm looking at an article. Four hundred and thirty two thousand dollars each. Yeah. yeah. Half yeah. of that's the electronic avionics. Oh, not not, well, well, not, yeah. not really. Yeah, I mean, I'm joking, but I'm joking, but not by a yeah. lot. Um, yeah. So, anyways. Well, well, no, I mean, it's, I'm guessing, I don't know what a G1000 goes for, uh, but I'm sure that's what they're selling, the, the, the days of, of oh, yeah. Skyhawks sure with, with uh, round dials in it is over. But uh, uh, I don't know what a, what a G1000, I don't, you know, I don't know if you can even buy G1000 um, off the street. So whatever Textron gets... Um, has to pay. I'm sure it's you know five figures, but not that much more than five figures uh, for a for a G1000 unit. Um, I don't know if that adds a whole that much more to the to the uh, uh, 
to the total cost. But mm-hmm. uh, well, um, I, I think I think the answer is is that you know they they don't have volume, so they're going to have to make it up in margin. Right? Really, what's <laughs> happening here is for Textron. Yeah. Well, for Textron well, to be a viable business, they've got to make money somewhere, and yeah. they're either going to sell a hundred thousand airplanes or make a hundred thousand dollars on every airplane they sell. Yeah, I, I'm sure another factor that plays into these 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 quote unquote low sales numbers um, is the fact that we 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 do such a good job of keeping used airplane older airplanes flying forever. Mm. All right, you know, it's like if airplanes wore out as fast as cars wear out, that you'd probably end up selling more airplane or not. Mm. I don't know, maybe not. Maybe that's you know, I'm sure it's a very complicated economy. And uh, but yeah, one one answer or one question that wasn't even asked right there. Uh, what was the peak year for manufacture of piston singles? I, I, it's not broken down by my yeah my okay. Model, well, really, see now, I, I but so you said you don't have num- numbers going back very long. So I don't know the year, but I it's the year that that tax thing kicked out, right? That last year of that funky tax the benefit investment tax credit wasn't that uh, the biggest year for airplane sales? Uh, could have been. Because that, that goes, but that goes way back. That's in like that's, the seventies or something. Yeah, like exactly. That. 1978. Yeah. And how many airplanes? Oh, a Single, singles. How many singles? I, I I couldn't even guess. So it would be a silly 14, guess. Fourteen thousand three hundred ninety-eight in one year. That one that was the high piston water sing- mark. Piston singles. Yeah, that high was, water mark. Yeah, that was like you know. Yeah, right. That was uh, um, what's his name? Stan, watching the wave come forward and break. I'm rereading. I'm rereading um, um, Fear and Loathing. Thompson. Yeah, I'm Hunter rereading Thompson. Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas okay. right now. Yeah. Uh, very interesting, Jim. Thank you. Yeah, that yeah. is kind of interesting. The uh, it's, speech, yes. yes. Yeah. All, All right. right. I'm done. All right. Yep. Jr. What are you looking forward to? You're going to. You see, I know you're looking forward to Oshkosh. You didn't make yeah. any big secret about this. Um, no. And, no and having your having your little girl with you, it's got to be a real special thing. But yeah. is there anything in particular you're looking forward to this yes. year? Yes. Yeah, I'm. I'm looking forward to hanging out with my good friends. Oh um, yeah, see you guys right. and and my good friends from Camp Bacon and just just to the, the community. I, I the air show I love, the the people I love, the fly market I love the 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 um the uh, auction all of it. I love all of it, but the best part are my friends and I miss you guys terribly. And I didn't make it last year, and I regret it to this day. Yeah. Yep. Well, and neither Jeb nor I made it last year. I was there the year before. Um, Jeb hasn't been there since before the pandemic. So yeah, uh, I, last um, year I was there with nineteen. Jeb's going to have to go through the uh, the uh, you know the. Uh, Wait, do we have to haze him a little bit? The hazing Water again? Or yeah, something? no. He's, yeah. His hazing is completely worn off. No, he's going to haze this dude. <laughs> um, I got your haze right here. <laughs> You're, you're going to get your own haze in Oshkosh with all the smoke. Yeah, yeah. There's that too, but yeah. uh, no. I, I, be gentle. I have to, you know. There's a there's a there's a complicated reentry process. <laughs> Enter on the 45. You'll be fine. Follow your, uh, follow your yeah. training. Yeah. Jeb, is there anything you're looking forward to in particular? Uh, just Pretty, uh, you know, I think Jr. nailed it. Um, yeah. uh, there's some shopping I probably will end up doing. Um, some connections I want to touch base with which is you know takes you back to the people hanging out at camp bacon and um seeing my two good friends here and, and other good friends that'll they'll be talking to on the podcast um yeah it's all good yeah yeah looking forward to it hope i i think it's going to be i mean every oshkosh it's like oshkosh is like i i trot this out pretty pretty regularly so oshkosh oshkosh I actually no, no well Brigadoon too. I actually wrote this on the whiteboard in the newspaper office one year. Oshkosh is like sex and chocolate, all right? <laughs> all right. Uh it's like when it's good it's great and when it's bad it's still pretty good. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> 
the, um, the 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 one thing written on a whiteboard that I remember from past Oshkoshes was the the Avweb War Room back in like the year two thousand or something like that. Yeah, basically it was anti M, hate you, hate Kansas, taking the dog. <laughs> that's great thank you guys it's been a fun it's been a blast it always is uh that's jr wormcastle jr is a uh, high time private pilot he's ready to fly single engine multi-engine and gliders with commercial he's ratings. not just a, yeah, he's got a he's got a he's a cfi dude i was just getting there with oh, commercial I, ratings I, I, who's I, interrupting I who about, now with commercial about. ratings for each he's also a cfi cf double i for like all, all of these all right yeah uh, so that's uh, that's and if that's not enough, Jr. is also an A and P mechanic with inspector privileges. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, most importantly, you know what? I'm a father that? of a proud father of a of a little uh, girl who I adore, and I'm, uh, she's going to be a pilot someday, and I am so happy. So so cool, so so cool. Looking for it. I she's only well. I remember when she was like five or something two. like that. When you, she was two when two. you brought her to Oshkosh yeah, many many right. years ago. So uh, yeah. Anyways, that's cool. That's cool. Uh, Jr. Uh, is there some place on the internet where you hang out, or, or you just have to like uh, no, have to just, come and find you at Camp Bacon? Just, just come, just come find me, and yeah. uh, you know we're, I'm around somewhere. Very good. Thank you, Jr. It's always good to have you in the in the virtual hangar with us here. Thank you. Oh, thank you for having me. Yes, yes, yes. And Jeb Burnside. Jeb's a freelance aviation writer and editor. He serves as the editor in chief of Aviation Safety Magazine. He's also a frequent contributor to other aviation publications. You can find Jeb's work online at aviationsafetymagazine.com, also uh, avweb.com and aea.net, among others. On social media, he's Burnside J on Twitter, um, and his Aviation Safety Magazine is Av Safety Mag on Twitter. Uh, on Mastodon, he's Burnside J at mytransponder.com. And I'm Jack Hodgson. Uh, I'm a private pilot, a freelance writer, and a digital media producer. You can find me online in most of the uh, social media places with the all one word username Jack Hodgson, for example. Twitter, YouTube, Patreon. Uh, on on Mastodon, I am Jack Hodgson at mastodon.social. Uh, you can find my ebooks on Amazon by searching for Around the Field in the Books section. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm all over the place. I think I'm. Tra- <laughs> There's so many social medias now. It's just too, it's become a a, a babble, but uh, I'm on some of them. I'm on many of them. Look for Jack Hodgson. And uh, thank you to you folks. Thank you for taking time to listen to us here. Um, You can follow UCAP on Mastodon at uncontrolledairspace at mytransponder.com. Also, if possible, please become a supporter of this podcast at patreon.com slash uncontrolledairspace. Or you can make a PayPal tip jar donation, care of the email address podcast at uncontrolledairspace.com. Just $10 or $15 spread out over the span of a year is a big, big help in keeping us going with this thing. Um, Also, we'd love to hear from you. Um, so you can send to that uh, same email address, podcast at uncontrolledairspace.com. General comments, and also please send out the, co- the questions for the uh, special episode we're going to do at, at uh, Oshkosh. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's it for now. Jeb, did you have any words of wisdom for us? Yeah, and everybody's heard this before, but it's especially appropriate thinking about uh, flying ourselves to Oshkosh. Not only the people you're listening to, but um, you yourself, one of our one of our listeners. Um, so I'll just reiterate that it's much better to be on the ground wishing you were in the air than to be in the air wishing you were on the ground. That's right. And that's enough talking. Let's go flying.